Let's go suck some toes. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode 33 of the Pilsner Podcast. My name is Tim. You can follow me on Twitter at Tillisheim. I'm here with Andy. You can follow him everywhere at Andrew Jacoby. And follow the show at Pilsner Podcasts, wherever you get your social medias from. But that's not that important, because today we have a sponsor. New our sponsor. New sponsor today. Very excite. Very excite. Uh, LMB Photography. Springfield's premier photography studio. Right, and there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot, and this is the best one. This, this is, is the one you're going to want to go with, folks. For sure. If, um, she. If, <laughs> go ahead. She uh, she specializes in maternity, newborns, small families, children, and seniors. So humans of any kind, if know, you're a human and you want your picture taken. She's there for you. You know where to go. If you're a baby and you're like, I want glamour shots, not by Deb, by Lisa. Great. Go to Lisa. LMB. LMB. Photography. Sorry. LMB. Photography. <laughs> Get your picture taken. She did want a jingle, or Corey wanted to make a jingle. Oh, okay. LMB photography for all your photography needs. LMB is right for me. LMB is photography. Okay, that was our jingle. That was the most I think we've ever done on an ad. Um, Also want to give a shout out to our, I'm going to call him a new official sponsor, Springfield Signs printed out a giant Pilsner podcast banner with Andy's new profile picture on it and hung it up in his shop on Main Street in Springfield. So if you're in Main Street in Springfield, go take a picture in front of the sign and send it to us at Pilsner Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I do want to give a shout-out to Elisa's um, contact info. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you can find her on Facebook. I know she has a pretty good Facebook following at LNB Photography. Your email is lmbphotography at gmail, and if you want to give her a call, 507-723-7025. LMB Photography. I think that's what he said. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And new listeners, I'm assuming we have some now that we have a freaking billboard in the middle of town. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pilsner Podcast. Uh, My name is Tim. I'm here with Andy. What's up, Andy? How's it going? Good, good, good. Corey's going to be calling us a little bit later. He is gone again. Um, Big surprise. Yeah. Let's get... Let's get some of these boring news stories I got out of the way. Um, did you listen to the Serial podcast ever? Like on yeah, season of course. one? Mm-hmm. So did you hear the news today about... I uh, did. I'm very excited. Adnan Syed, he's getting a, a new trial. Very excited. I don't know. There's a famous incident of me getting really drunk on a New Year's Eve and being very, very pissed about Adnan. <laughs> so I'm happy that Adnan is getting his fair shake at things. That I remember that lady, his lawyer... Sorry, everybody. Uh, burp right <laughs> to the mic. She was god-awful, and then she's just dead. 
So I got to think, like, he's going to have the best defense team pro bono. Like, for sure. People are going to be chomping at the bit to defend this guy. Mm. It's going to be their career case for all lawyers. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know for sure if he's innocent or guilty, but I don't think he got a fair trial at all. Right. That's where I'm at. I don't. But, what do you think about the whole thing? He, this guy is um, in 1999. He is committed, or he is put in jail allegedly. for allegedly killing his girlfriend. And then Serial season one, this podcast, uh, just dug really deep into this case, and they point out a bunch of things that were flawed in the investigation and during the trial. So there you if go. If you haven't listened to Serial, that is like the a number one true crime podcast and then season OG two with, out there season two with bo bergdahl i turned off after like three episodes i listened to the whole thing just because i have time on my drive but it was not worth listening to really i mean it was just not that exciting but season one was so good okay so back to season one where are you at with him like did what did you end up thinking like he's for sure innocent for sure guilty or you just aren't sure i mean i definitely lean innocent mm-hmm. if i had to put percentages i'd be like 80 innocent 20 guilty yeah but i even, like, obviously, so you said, the trial was, like, screwed up. His defense was just garbage. And if he had a reasonable defense, I don't think a jury could reasonably, like, you can't prove him guilty. There's no proof right. of him being guilty mm-hmm. in a real, like, court of law. There's no one thing that says yes. It's just all circumstantial evidence that, so. Uh-huh. And it probably doesn't help that, you know, he's Middle Eastern. Right. Probably had, wasn't like a, you know, probably a racist jury. Oh, for sure. I mean, um. His girlfriend was Asian, though. She wasn't white. Yeah. Uh, I do like that they used, um, her favorite song was Casey and JoJo's All My Life. That part sticks out of more than <laughs> anything in there. Because <laughs> they started, they played like a snippet, just the beginning. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And then it just stopped. I'm like, oh, guys, got to give me more of that. And I go over to Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but any, any show you can do, like, a whole 10-episode arc on about how fucked up things were and have, like, content for every episode shows you that there is so much shit that was fucked up in the first place. Right. It helps having NBR funding your right funding your project, which is kind of like that. There was a new show Zach Braff started in last night called Alex Inc., and I guess it's based on a true story of a guy who just quit his job that was like a feel-good story podcast company. He's like, I want to start a true crime, like just tell the story of this murder thing. And I'm like, this seems oddly familiar, like Serial. I'm like, they're just ripping off Serial, and it turns out to be like, oh, no, it's based on a true story about a real guy who did this. I'm oh, like, crazy. Yeah. So, uh, new show on ABC. It's pretty good. I'm a Zach Braff fan now. So, um, did you see the? I only saw a tr- like a little snippet of it. I didn't see it actually on the actual show. But Portlandia did like a little sketch about podcasters and like doing true crime stuff. And I can't remember the punchline, but they were like in a cop station, like while the cops like all getting briefed and stuff before they went out for the day. And they're, like, recording with, like, the little banjo in the background playing, like, weird music. <laughs> and they're, like, you know, doing the whole voice. Like, it was so, so, so. And everyone's, like, what is going on? And they're, like, well, either we had to, like, 
do this or we could allow the podcasters to be in our thing. It was just like the way they parried it. It was like exactly perfect. Well, production value on those podcasts are insane. It's really good. You know, they're spending thousands of dollars yes. per episode because there's plane tickets involved. There's like a whole staff, right? There's like, you know, probably 15, 20 people behind the scenes. Excuse me. Um, Sarah Koenig, the host of it is going to become a millionaire by the end of this. Probably. Um, I got to think that their uh, whole first season just shot up again. They probably got another million downloads today because of Anand Syed. Probably. It's one of the only podcasts where, like, I ignored it to, like, the fifth week, and then I binged all five episodes in one night. Right, for sure. That's a way better way to do it. And then I was like, oh, my God, when do these come out? Like, mm-hmm. you know, see you next Tuesday or whenever they come out. I'm like, so then I tell Megan about it. She gets hooked on it, you know, by, like, episode seven. Then we're listening to them together. It's the only time we've ever, we've ever like, gathered around the radio in the living room. Right. It was just like, for an like hour. Right. You're like, turn on the radio. Right. We just crank the iPhone speaker up and just sit there and we're like, shh, don't talk to me. Shh, shh. And then we're like, oh, pause it. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> and then, like, I know she also was like, the executive producer or whatever behind S Town, Shit Town or whatever. Yep. So, like, she also helps other people, like, do their thing now that she has a platform to go off on. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that very early in this podcast, how I couldn't, and I still haven't really gotten into it. And Corey listened to all of it, and he said it was really good. It was tough to dive into, but. Um, just that guy's voice threw me off on that first episode yeah, on the okay. phone, Southern guy. It gets really good, though. Uh, you should give it a chance. I probably will. It's it just gets that pretty crazy. There is just so much media right now, and there's so little time, it seems like, right. to consume like on TV, on podcasts. I have an Audible subscription for why. I don't know. I haven't listened to a full book, and I have like nine credits built up. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm going to use them. Like, That's what I mean. I subscribe to quite a few podcasts, and I can't keep up with them. Like, right. And I have a job where I can like listen to podcasts all day, but mm-hmm. I have, you know, my five favorites that come out almost daily and I listen to them. So I only have one that I go out of my way to listen to. Like I will stop. Cause like my current format for podcasts is I will start one and they're usually two and a half to three hours long. And I won't listen to another one until that one's done, except for my daily one that comes out every day. Cause it's right. a news one. Um, which but it's, that? that's one? the power trip. Oh, okay. I want to say relevant. That's your news one. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, 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 it's, yeah. it's it's topical. Right, exactly. I don't want to listen to two-week-old power trip. Right, for I sure. Want it from the day. Yep. And then I'll go back to like, okay, I'll finish this Joe Rogan episode. Then I'll start a Burt cast. Then I'll start uh, whatever, a Doug Loves Movies. But I found my new favorite podcast, and they're usually only about an hour and a half, is Entry Level with Brooks Whelan. And he's a comedian, and he's friends with a ton of comedians. And it's all about all of the jobs that comedians had before they got to become paid, regular, full-time comedians. And they just talk about, because they're all shitty at their jobs. Right. They're terrible at them, and it's hilarious. And if you're an SNL geek like I am, he was on SNL for one season. So he'll have, like, people that were in the cast when he was on. And they just completely ignore the format of the show and just tell really funny Saturday Night Live stories. Like, he just had Michael Bryan on, who is um, one of the funniest dudes alive. And he, like, currently, have you heard of, like, AP Bio on NBC? No. Oh, well, with, like, Glenn Howerton from Sunny in Philadelphia. 
Okay. Uh, he created that show. Uh, he's got like so many funny stories and one I want to rip off too. Cause they were talking about for this podcast, I want to do this idea. They had, um, as a warm up before they would write to make themselves laugh, they would have a serious singing competition where you have to just take a song in front of all your friends and sing the best you can, not doing a bit. It ends up being like the funniest thing ever. And I feel like that could be a punishment on here. <laughs> Is that the punishment you were going to give Corey? No, no, I had a really good punishment planned for Corey. I'm going to tell him when he's on air. Oh, man, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, yeah, I have. I got to make sure. I'm also excited to hear his punishment for you. Yeah, whatever. Because Tim got last this week, everyone. I did get last. All right. Um, <laughs> I've been, I write these notes all week. I forgot. I don't know why I thought this was going to be a good story. We don't need to wait for Corey. I just wrote, there's no right way to eat a chocolate bunny. What does that mean? Like, I think at the time I was thinking, like... Is there a wrong way? Oh, the butt, the ears, like, you feel weird just... Oh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, where do you start? (laughs) I didn't need to include that. (laughs) There are, like, five things. I just wrote, Ben Affleck, back tattoo. That tattoo is fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like his cry for help. Like, most people, like, just go and get a DUI like normal people when they need a cry for help. No, he got a giant back tattoo. D- has he always had that, though? I think it's recent. Oh, like, if after, that's recent, that is hilarious. Definitely, like, after his divorce with Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that is recent. And then I heard that he, like, for a while, he tried to play it off like it was for a movie. Like, it wasn't real. Which so, like, could be. And yeah. then... People were like, oh, but it, it is real. Because <laughs> that was four years ago, bro. Where's that movie? It's an indie, you know, you know, they're tough to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really bad. That I almost feel bad for him, except I think he's kind of a trash person. But Oh, man, I like his work, though. That's the problem. I know. Really? He's got a bad attitude. Yeah, I do. Um, like, like what? I can't know if I can't name anything that I really... Well... Obviously, Dazed and Confused, he was... Well, yes, okay. There that was, like, kind of his first role. And then a lot, like, Chasing Amy. Um, yeah, the Kevin Smith stuff. Yep. Um, what else? Oh, Goodwill Hunting. You can't ignore that. That's a great one. I just... So, I've never seen Goodwill Hunting. Oh, that's every once a year for me. And I just found out that the guy's name was Will Hunting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, like... They were in search of goodwill, like goodwill. Like it was a metaphor. Like goodwill hunting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, I've always thought of that, and then I just learned that his name was Will Hunt. I'm like, wait, what? Did you ever see Kevin Smith movies again? Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. No. <laughs> okay. Well, there's this scene where they accidentally Jane Silent Bob walk on onto a movie set in Hollywood. And the movie being made, that it's a parody, obviously. It's not actually being made. Is Goodwill Hunting 2, it's hunting season. <laughs> it's just like a total, like, <laughs> them acting all serious yes. on set. And then they're just, let's get them. <laughs> One's got a crossbow. <laughs> well, yeah, and then serious roles, too. Like, Argo was really good. Never saw that. It's really good. Um, Gone Girl. Gone Girl was Yeah, Ben Affleck's good. I'm a fan of his. I get as a person, he's probably not like a desirable person to be around, but I don't know. He seems cool as hell, too. Yeah, okay. You named a couple good movies. You proved your point. I want to get back to (laughs) didn't Kevin Smith like just almost die? Yeah. But like he didn't. No. He, um, something was clogged up. Some like 
the main vein, basically. Yeah. I forget. They had some name for it, um, like the Miracle Artery or something. They have some... You know what I'm talking about, though? I d- you didn't read the headline at all? No, I just saw that Some Kevin Smith almost died. Yeah, something got crazily blocked that you, like, need that one was the idea. And there was, like, some slang term for it that doctors gave it. But anyways, yeah, he was about to do a second show and said, mm, I better go to the hospital instead. And if he wouldn't have, he would have been dead. Man. It's like, holy fuck, that would have sucked to lost him. I mean, his work recently isn't, like, spectacular, but overall, right. he's built up I mean, enough credibility with me. He's definitely a legend. Right. Clerks, in my mind, is right. top ten for me. That's one of my favorite films of all time. Oh, we got a Corey call. Hello, sir. What's up, fuckers? <laughs> You're alive. Okay, Clarence. Welcome. I'm alive. How's Iowa, sir? Corey it's, Jensen uh, joining the podcast, everybody. From another exotic locale. <laughs> yeah. The land of wooden signposts. Are you in Grinnell? I am in Grinnell, yep. Did you take in any Pioneers Athletics? I did not take in any <laughs> Pioneers Athletics. That's, that's a shame. <laughs> I did drive by the college. It looks like a very nice campus. I bet. Yeah, a nice little private school. The Ivy League of the Midwest or something like that. They no, call that's it. Iowa Lakes. The Harvard of the Midwest. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, um... We're going to shut this off and do a quick save break and come right back. Okay. Um, let's get right into this. i got to play the button. Vroom, 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 I love NASCAR. NASCAR. Was I supposed to hear the button? I didn't hear it. Nope. You, you will speak when spoken to, but and you're doing a great job. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so week six just went by, and you won, and I lost. And I am dying to hear my punishment. Pure domination. Whatever. None of you guys wanted to do my DraftKings thing, which I won. Uh, you sent one uh, this I week? Never, yeah. How never got your invite. The, yeah, never. Because nobody was texting this week. I'm like, well, Corey seems like he's actually busy, so I'm not going to bother him with this. If he sees a notification, he'll see it. Oh, you should have said see. something. Otherwise, I would have signed Yeah, out. I was trying to get some stuff done at home before I left on Sunday afternoon for right. my three-hour or five-hour drive. No, because this was Monday already. Oh yeah, so I was at, I was at my new job in orientation. So. Right, I figured you were busy <laughs> and occupied. I'm not going to be like Corey, Corey, Corey. It's five dollars. <laughs> Let's right. play. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, I ended up playing the big contests. Right, I, I did sure. all right. Yeah, make yeah. some money. A little bit. Yeah, I doubled my money, but I only put five dollars in two contests. That works. Yeah, you know, one of those like 150k to first. And right. I double, went down to the $9 range or whatever. If you double your money every time, you're doing, you're doing great. All right. So I lost. What do you got for me? So I want you to be fully prepared for WrestleMania. Okay. I want you to truly have an understanding of what's going on. So <laughs> your assignment for the assignment. next week, young Thames. <laughs> is to complete a two- to three-page written report uh, 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 font of 12. You can double-space it, one-inch margins, all that standard stuff, you know. On You can pick either the history of the WWE or you can pick a current WWE roster member of your choice. But I want a full report with sources 
next week. Two to three pages. Did I mention that? So it's two pages. Got it. Fine. And then you're going to read it live on the air next week. Done. <laughs> or on the podcast next week. No problem, sir. Um, I actually just thought of it today that I still owe you one from football season. I have to watch Baby Geniuses. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I have to watch a movie or two from Andy. You have to watch Cabin Boy. Cabin Boy. I have to oh, watch yeah, Cabin Boy. Yep. I have to watch The Apple. Okay, so I'm going to watch mine hopefully this week. Um, this weekend, because um, I saw HBO Go has it. What I'm going to do, though, is sit down in the studio, turn my phone on record, and do a um, live commentary of the movie. So that if anybody that sounds- wants to watch the movie with me, there'll be a podcast of it, and I'll talk through it. That sounds fabulous. Okay, so I got, I'm excited to get into NASCAR because... I bet all of our listeners are going to do that. Yeah, you're going like, to watch what? Baby Geniuses with me. <laughs> um, I really wanted to talk about NASCAR with you because I had a genius punishment for you if I won, and it had to be completed this week. Otherwise, I had to win this week for it to work. Okay. But since it doesn't, I just want to say this. This is what, if I would have won and Corey lost, I wasn't going to do this to Andy because I knew you wouldn't be here. Um, Corey, I was going to make you go Friday or Saturday night to Jackpot this weekend coming up or not this weekend the one after and wait i'm not sure when it is anyways you were gonna have to buy a ticket and go see an entire skid row concert (laughs) (laughs) i think there's some like white band that opens it up like white heat or great white great white yeah i saw the advertising and my comment to it was if sebastian bach (laughs) isn't the lead singer it's not skid row He's not the lead singer? No, they got some... If it was Sebastian Bach, that would not be a punishment for me at all. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, he's an actor. They were, now. like, one of my favorite, like, bands when I was, like, 11, 12 years old. Who, they actually... They were... They can't be Skid Row without Sebastian Bach. I didn't know... I think he's... He's got to be in it, because no. I saw him tweeting no, about I it. Didn't see, I didn't see him on the photo, so I Googled it, and he's not a member of the band anymore. Because a few years ago, I saw Sebastian Bach yeah. at, at Jackpot, and it wasn't Skid Row, it was Sebastian Bach, but he did all the Skid Row songs. Like Brett Michaels and Poison. Right. But, but we actually saw Poison that same night. Okay. Yeah. Like the full band at Jackpot. Well, dang it, because I, I just, I really wanted to do that. I was really hoping to win to make you go there. And that also <laughs> made me think... Can we put an amendment on these punishments? If you guys are in favor of, if there's a travel one, can we put it to a half hour travel distance max? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, all right, good. Because I'm thinking it's going to start getting vicious. NASCAR is a long ass season. <laughs> it is a long so, season. So, do you know what wrestler you're going to write your report on? I'll probably just do the history of the WWE. And I'm okay. going to call it the WWF to piss you off. Well, that's fine. You can call it the WWF because it, it was the WWF for the first. You can talk about the transition. Right. Yeah. What do, you know that origi- do you know that until like the late 70s, it was actually the WWWF? What's the extra W stand for, Corey? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. That was before my time. Maybe Tim can tell us in his report. Yep, Tim will have to find that out and tell us. I have, um, I have a book, 18 in Life, on Skid Row. <laughs> I have that in Audible because I don't like that kind of music, but that era 
their behind the musics on VH1 and all that. Those are the best documentaries ever. It was a strange oh, era because of they, music. Oh, for sure. I don't like Motley Crue, but I will watch any doc on Motley Crue. I mean, why were all the hardcore rockers like dressing like women in the 80s? It doesn't matter. Like, why were they shooting heroin into their eyes with fire hoses? They loved right. it. I don't think they were doing I mean, that specifically. Well, Slash, they were. Slash was. <laughs> like, I don't listen to it now and think, like, this is great music, but it is, like, nostalgic for me because right. I'm old. and It's very of a time. Yep. Right. And that's the best part about being not from that era. <laughs> is you never had to listen to it? Well, that and I can just say, what were the alt guys doing? And that's, like, when I'm looking up music, oh, yeah, I like the replacements. They're way better. <laughs> Bands like that. I like The Cure. I like stuff like that. So there was some good music because for a while I declared... Yeah, there was lots of good music. Yeah, I declared the 80s. the 80s as the worst generation of music of all time when I was younger. And that's because I was thinking, well, you had hair metal and you had really annoying pop. Like I was, I'm not a Michael Jackson fan and I'm not a Prince fan. And I thought, well, then there's just hair metal and the hair metal sucks. But then you dig a little bit deeper, and you're like, oh, college rock in the 80s is better than any college rock of any era. Yeah, I mean, I've had conversations about trying to pick out, like, the best decade for music. And I, I think, think it's think hard, it's because every decade had great music, and every decade had terrible music. Right, for sure. Right. Yeah, it did. But it's the idea of, like... Some had really bad and lots of it terrible music. Like currently right now, there's a lot of bad music, whereas in the seventies there was a lot of really good music. There's also a lot yeah, of really disco, bad music. Yeah, exactly. But disco sucked. It was terrible. I think I was thinking about this to myself. I was having a conversation in my head, and it's weird that we're talking about this. Um I think when people have these conversations about what era of music is the best, they should go five years in to one, like that's when because you're still like okay the 80s into like 95 that's about when the 80s really ended you know like um but then the 90s sound ended about 2005 that's about when Cheryl Crow was wrapping things up I go by fives I mean I hear you but I mean culturally the decade doesn't really end like decades have their stretch from like the fives. That's what I think. But like math wise, like you can't. I know you can't but, go by that. But we that's we could set past. the standard. We could start it now. That's what we're doing. Just go by the fives. That's what I think. <laughs> I think you should really because you like, don't really just hit with your music stride. or with everything. No <laughs> music so far. Just with music. I don't know if this applies to everything, but so far just with music. Like, I mean, you think '90s, but if you play a like '90s music is great, but. I mean, the good shit didn't really take off until, like, 93, 94. You know, it didn't just start immediately. You were still, you know, technology wasn't there and all that stuff. Like, you just didn't have everything. That when you think right. of, like, a, a, an essential, like, 90s band, they weren't, like, just cranking out right away. 1990, go. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. It makes sense. It's just hard to do because that's not how people define Things. But I think we're starting <laughs> that standard today. You know, when I when somebody asked me what like the best generation or what decade of music was the best, I instantly go. I said, well, the '90s, because my mind goes to Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, 
Pearl Jam and all them. But then you sit back and you think, well, fuck, in the 90s is also when we had Achy Breaky Heart and Mbop and Barbie Girl. So maybe the 90s Those are all great the songs, yeah. Together, <laughs> yeah, just killers. Uh, Remember that song, I'm Blue? I'm Blue, da ba dee da Yeah, by Eiffel 65. <laughs> yeah. That was a banger. Yeah! My wife <laughs> bought a handsome CD while we were dating. No. And I, she put it in the CD player of my Mustang, and I ejected it and threw it out the window on Cass Street in Springfield. She should have dumped you. That was not nice. <laughs> she should have dumped you right then and there. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing wrong with Hanson. I mean, it's very like Jackson 5. No, it's just like a, a sign of the times. Like, I didn't, I don't know. I was like embarrassed to like music like that. Like, I'd be like, no, that music's not cool. But when you grow up and you don't really care, you're like, yeah, it's kind of catchy. I don't care that I like it. I don't care what people. Well, think. and like just like with Skid Row now, it's kind of like you hear that song and it's like nostalgic. But I would never be like, this was a, this is one of the greatest songs ever written. <laughs> Alexa, play Skid Row. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna actually. Yeah, I listen to podcasts and they say things like that. Somebody said that and they said call and then they said emergency services. They said the actual number. And I'm like, oh, I, I freaked out. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, what if? Because I was really close to my echo. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's going on back in uh, the great uh, state of Spring or uh, Minnesota? <laughs> we're sampling a beer without you. What are you sampling? We're, we, uh, we saved one for you, though. So when you get back, you can have one. What is it? Um, Tim has the can in his hand. It is called On One. It's a double dry hopped double IPA from Blackstack Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's got a really cool can of they're in a building with like a big old smokestack coming out of it. So Is that is that new? Like uh, they just did it like well, young guys are running it? It's called On One because this is their first anniversary. Uh, I read about them. They're like real young guys. Like 24, 25. It might be. I'm not sure the age of the actual owners, but the brewery itself is fairly yeah. new, obviously, because it's one years old. In a basement? No, it's not. Okay, never um, mind. They are connected to a really cool indoor golf and arcade nice. um, place called Can Can Wonderland, and that's in the basement of the same building that they're in. You accidentally went to a brewery because you were going to Candy Can Wonderland. Yes, that happened. <laughs> Uh, but Can Can Wonderland is really cool. And then this brewery itself, most tap rooms are not like, they don't have the coolest vibe to them. Some some do and some don't. Um, some have kind of a lame vibe. The This place has a really cool vibe. It's like nice and open with these giant windows and stuff. Anyway, I'll do the can read since Corey's not here and he's not drinking it. <laughs> uh, the beer's called On One. Uh, we turned one. We're on one. Let's crack one. <laughs> on One is a sumptuous celebration. A similar yet singular Saturnalia. I don't know what that word means. You should just be keep repeating. Saturn. On one. We won. <laughs> I like one. Yeah, that's what it says. The setting of malt provides structure, depth, and balance. But once again, the hops are the life of the party. We inside, invited some of our friends, Galaxy, Vic Secret, and El Dorado. And boy, did they deliver. Hope your invite wasn't lost in the mail. Somebody should have told you. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Um, it is 8.5%. So, you know, it's a full-body double IPA, and I can taste the heat from it. 
It's it's very bitter, and I think I'm saying that only because I've been drinking hazies lately. I mean, this is pretty hazy, but it's not as fruity as right. the hazies that we have been drinking. I've been drinking this nonstop, like right. nothing in between there except for moose, whatever it's called. But um, one time, I mean, the color of this is it looks like orange juice. Beautiful. I mean, it's hazy as fuck. Um, so this is like a one-time limited release. It's hard to get. Oh, thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah, like, don't go out looking for this because it's probably all gone. It's got <laughs> a really, I want it. It's got a really cool can. I saved one for you, Corey. Cool. There is a brewery in town here, so I'm going to, uh, probably not this week, but next week, I will uh, grab a uh, growler from there to bring home with me for the following week. So That's right very on. exciting. Do you get to come home for Easter? I do. I'll be heading home tomorrow. Uh, and then I gotta head back down. I gotta be back here at eight o'clock Monday morning, so I'll drive back down on Sunday. So, what's the Jeez. name of the brewery down there? Uh, Peace Tree. Peace Tree, like yep. the tea. Isn't there a tea called Peace Tree? Peace Peace Tea. I thought that too. When somebody mentioned the name of it, I thought I thought that there was some like. I think they had, like I've seen it in in convenience stores with like the big Peace can, tree. like uh, yeah. like like Arnold Palmer comes in. Right. Yeah. Well. So, but I'll check it out next week. I suppose the food's really good there too, but I haven't. Uh, have you found that, like, when you go to uh, breweries in other states, that they have like food laws like we have here with our tap rooms? Um, I guess I have. Like, what are the food laws there? I guess I'm not even aware. Like, they do have a hot food law here. In most breweries, you cannot serve food. Oh, I didn't know that. Unless you're like a brew pub. Which is like okay. a different, but if you're just like a real true like brewery tap house, you can't serve okay. food. Which is why like the food truck culture in Minneapolis is big because they'll sit outside a brewery. I gotcha. That's how they like coexist with each other. I gotcha. I know you got to get a permit too. I don't know if it has anything to do with um, well, like breweries, I guess but like food the ones like all the breweries in in New Mexico. Uh, you know, even the ones that I didn't go to and I just checked out their websites had, like, full menus of, like, burgers or whatnot. Right. Um, and the place here supposedly has, like I said, they, somebody said it has good food. Um, I've been living off of uh, fast food for the most part. I've had yes. uh, KFC, <laughs> Hardee's. So I went to Hardee's because I was going to get a roast beef sandwich. And the Hardee's here didn't have roast beef sandwiches. You mean Arby's? No, Hardee's. Hardee's. Yeah, they, they have okay roast beef, yeah. Why won't you go to Arby's well, for a roast beef Because there's no Arby's in town, dude. Okay. I didn't know Hardy's had roast beef sandwiches. And, the, well... It's like a burger. Neither, did the, neither did the guy here. He looked at me like <laughs> I had two heads. Like I had like, two heads. a roast beef sandwich. And he's like, we don't have roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> like, you should go to like, Arby's. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not a big town, so, I mean, it's... For even having a college, I kind of expected it to have a little bit more, but, I mean, there's literally, like... A McDonald's, a Hardee's, a Subway, a Jimmy John's, uh, a Taco Bell, Taco John's, KFC, and that's about it. So no, like, local diners or cafes or... There's a couple, but they're all down on the square and, like, no. down there and, like, the park, like, there's not a lot of parking and stuff, and so... It's just a hassle. Yeah. Yeah, like, and plus, and plus, like when I've been sitting, I, like all I've been doing for four days now is sitting in classrooms, right. like training. 
So by the time I do that from like eight to four thirty, five o'clock every day, I kind of just like dead to the world where I just kind of grab my food, come back to my room and have been falling asleep. Watch by, some you housewives. Know. How many people are training with you? Um, there's one guy that started in the same position as me. So he and I have been in a lot of the stuff and all of our stuff together. Fetal? Um, what's that? <laughs> he will start in the fetal position. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's, uh, his name is Robert. He's from, he's going to be working in Illinois. Um, and then like, Hi, there were probably like, what's up, Robert? There's probably give like eight new hires. Sure hey, we did get a new listener today. A guy named, there's a guy that I work with here named Chuck. Chuck. And, what uh, up? Yeah. He, I sent him the link to the podcast. He was all, he was very interested to hear. I warned him about last week's episode with the rhino. Oh, we have a uh, follow up. Oh, we have follow up with the rhino. Yeah. I, I saw the, the t- tweet about it or the text about it. Um, did, um, did you see the main street billboard we got? Yeah, I did see that. I, <laughs> I actually shared it on Facebook tonight, too. So Okay, good. Keep going. Um, so, yeah, and then there was probably like eight or nine other people that's, excuse me, that started, you know, in, in other departments and stuff. So we've had some of our, like, basic employee orientation and stuff together with them, too. So right. it's kind of been sometimes there's just the two of us, just Robert and I, and sometimes there's eight or nine of us. So We can make it if we try. Yeah, exactly. Just the two of us. I can't believe I still remember this. I've been waiting for you to finish this, but when you were ordering that back up to when you were ordering that roast beef sandwich. Yeah. Have you heard of the show Baskets on FX with Zach Galifianakis? Yeah, I've never seen it though. There's a scene where I don't remember what he tried ordering at some fast food restaurant. So this is how it went. Let's say this is you being at Hardee's. This is what he did. Uh, can I get a roast beef sandwich? Uh, we don't have roast beef sandwiches. <sighs> Just give me a Schweppes. <laughs> what? I want a Schweppes. <laughs> they don't. We don't have Schweppes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just that's season one. That's really funny. Well, I know. Like he was. I remember seeing him on a talk show like years ago, and like Schweppes was kind of his bit on there that night too. So that must be something that he takes around. It's funny. Just saying Schweppes. <laughs> I'll take a Schweppes. <laughs> That's a funny drink. Well, it's not it even, is a funny it's a, drink. It's a brand. I know, but just saying he'll take a Schweppes, meaning well, ginger ale, tonic water. What do you want? <laughs> just give me a Schweppes. <laughs> it's funny. Any, so any Schweppes you have, I'll take. Oh, uh, I hope Schweppes gets like, into the all soda I have stream is this game. Diet tonic water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, we got a soda stream. And finding, apparently they're the most unpopular product in America because finding, like, the actual stuff to make your soda stream. The CO2 bottles? No, the the containers, the, uh, the mix of the drinks. Oh, yeah. Ridiculously difficult to find them anywhere. I've been ordering them on Target online and even there phasing them out. Um, all they had left were the energy drink ones that I make and diet tonic water. <laughs> like, the fuck? Diet tonic water is like the worst thing it I've is. ever fucking tasted. I was drinking vodka and tonic water for a while, and I'm like, I should try to be even more thin. And I bought a bottle of diet and threw it out. <laughs> it was it's so gross. I'm like, I'm never gonna finish this. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have a bottle. Wait, of- wait a minute, though. What's in tonic water that has that there has to be a diet version? There's to begin a with? shit ton of sugar in the tonic water. Yeah, is I could, there okay? Yeah. It's weird because it doesn't taste sweet. No, 
but it, there's a shit ton of sugar in it. That's what I like, and I'll pour like some almost as much as like a soda. Right, and I was thinking, oh, I pour some Diet Seven Up on top for a splash of lime. It's a really good drink, and then you're like, holy crap, this is like a 200 calorie drink by the time I'm done with it. Like, <laughs> so I bought the Diet one, and it's like almost just carbonated water. That's all it is. With that, so weird... it's like so, so. So it's more like soda water, except it has yeah, it has the, that fake sugar sugar. The, what High fructose f- corn no, syrup? No, that's real sugar. Stevia? Or the... No. Splenda. The stuff As- that Diet Coke has. The can- ha- oh, cans, okay. Yeah. yeah, the cancer juice. I don't care about that. I don't care about... Well, I'm I mean, drinking I, alcohol I, with it. I don't right, care about for sure. aspartame. But the, the taste of the aspartame, I just can't handle in and of itself. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. Mm. Yeah. Teach his own. I mean, when Pepsi went aspartame-free, like on the... On the label, I had a field day asking the checkout lady, like, do you have Pepsi with aspartame in it? <laughs> like, what about us people who like the aspartame? Like, Megan was like, shut up. <laughs> I'll always do that. Like, we're at checkout lines. Like, huge sign. No checks at all. Like, a handwritten note that's been, like, taped over. And I'll always be like, do you take checks? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you should just bring your checkbook with you and just, like, start, just whip it out and start writing before they even be like, uh, sir? Yeah, if I had a checkbook, I would do that. <laughs> right? You should, a- you should go to gyms and write a check out the towers. <laughs> They, they, they have, yeah, big they have signs. Their sign up that says, "Please make checks out to Jim." I'll go to or whatever. Go to Outlaws and write it out to RCs. <laughs> right. But come in wearing a Chumbawamba T-shirt and Jinko jeans. <laughs> Look like you time traveled. <laughs> we we just had post prom here last week. <laughs> we had a time traveling. What was the guy? The hypnotist? Yeah, we had him. He was great. We were driving Camaros. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw some tape of that when I was in high school or in elementary school. My brother, like, some they had a hypnotist there at post prom, and for some reason they filmed it and like the kids took home VHS tapes of it. And I popped it in one day. I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny. It's pretty good. I'm gonna watch this whole thing. I remember seeing like a bunch of high school kids sitting. They were like at a game show and they were sitting in their brand new Ferraris or whatever it was. They were all just freaking out and like high fiving each other. I'm like, well, this looks like fun. I can't wait till I do this. <laughs> so I give this beer a three. Oh yeah, we should rate it. Um, where's our scale? Gory's fucking scale. That Tim never hangs up. I'm gonna bring a fucking hammer and a nail along next time I'm there, and I'm gonna hang it up myself. I'm gonna give it, and I'm. So I'm going to give it like a 3.4, 3.4, which translates to, what, a 6.8. So the 10-point scale is better. <laughs> you guys agreed on the 5-point scale in the first place, so. <laughs> we only did this. I'm disappointed in your scale, Corey. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah, I know, Andy. You're disappointed in me. Has uh, anyone commented on all the Facebook posts at all? Uh, no, just you and your brother have. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. I, I searched at Corey Jensen on Twitter. I typed that in in space, and then I hit enter, and only one person sent you a tweet regarding the disappointment thing. But Facebook, it's yeah. blow, Facebook's blowing up. Yeah, what's it like living with that profile picture for a week? How's it been, Andy? No one's, I mean, I'm surprised it didn't get more likes in the first place. Or, like, Aww. more comments or Come interaction on, when I changed it. There was, there was a little, there was a little, like, talk about it in the first place but then like 
people were asking about the other photo, so I ended up posting the other photo on on one of his threads. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Corey. <laughs> that was why he chose the one he did. <laughs> now, there was a weird moment when my, like, half-brother, who I'm not super close with, but I know, he yeah. somehow, he, like, you know how there's Facebook stories? Somehow he, like, put that picture into his Facebook story. Which <laughs> <laughs> like, here's my half-brother. I'm so proud of him. I accidentally screenshotted and post. It's kind of like I was, um... Yeah, I'm sure he was trying to share it with, like, my other half-brother and be like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Yeah. <laughs> I am a little disappointed that Lisa Keeper has not called me to assist with any Photoshopping. <laughs> she sponsored I, us tonight. After She's... I sent her, after she saw my sweet job on that beard. <laughs> That's well, a good beard. If Lisa, our sponsor, LMB Photography, wants to... Uh, uh, do some enhancements on other pictures of me. I'm sure everyone here at the Pilsner Podcast would be just fucking thrilled. <laughs> I mean, I got Photoshop. If you want to just send them, I'll do whatever. <laughs> Try to work up our sponsor here, Tim. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Well, I mean, she's a photographer. She's not a well, photoshopper. Should, I should send her the ones where I photoshopped I Andy into our cover art from Facebook. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I'm like, you missed half the background is still, it's like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? There's a fence of him or something? How did this punishment go from this being me having be my profile picture, which I'm not super happy about anyway, <laughs> to having this picture plastered on fucking Main Street Springfield? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys, this, this is more we, for a no. month. A, I had to pick my fucking profile picture up for a goddamn month. Okay. And now it's got <laughs> well, huge fair, fucking banner. Off, we had nothing that's, to do with that. You could tell he made that on his own. Yeah, but that is He did that on his own free will. We did not commission him. There has been no side text or anything like, hey Adam, will you do this? No, he did that on his own free will, and I just casually mentioned you should hang that up in your storefront. The next day it was in his storefront. He made stickers too, you know that? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yes. yes. Of the same picture. Yes. <laughs> Well, you talking, Aunt Corey? What's that? Oh, what the fuck? Something got weird for like half a second. Yeah. Am I? You're better now. Me? You're good. Yeah. Okay. So what okay, about Springfield? I'm gonna get a stack of them stickers from Adam this weekend, so that I can plaster them all on I-90 and I-35 <laughs> on my drive back down here. Put one on the Welcome to Minnesota sign. <laughs> oh, well, for that I would get one of the big ones like he put in his window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just right over it. <laughs> Actually, for that one, I would probably do the other picture. <laughs> no, that picture's not fucking allowed. <laughs> Welcome to Minnesota. With Andy with his beard. I like that. All right. The first thing is you're upset a little bit, understandably, about how this just went from you setting it as your profile picture. I'm not upset. I think it's funny. I know, but. It's funny to get upset at it, too. <sighs> It's a bit uh, extreme. It's my a hope. bit extreme, don't you think? Okay, go. Wow. I mean, maybe <laughs> going to go viral and Andy's going to be famous. <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe don't do what you did to get no that picture. I can't believe Ever think of say? that? Maybe don't do what he did to get that picture. I mean, <laughs> oh. I wasn't in a state of making rational decisions. I wasn't like being like, oh, I shouldn't cut my hair right now because there's a possibility that there could be a picture surface of me that will go Springfield viral. And like you said, you thought you were changing the weather by cutting your hair. Exactly. There was theory behind it. 
didn't fucking work, but at least there was, you know, a good reason. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's save quick. Oh, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Um, let's get into where we were last week. I've got a huge article from The Guardian that I grabbed the important parts of. Um, so we talked about a specific white rhino last week, right? Correct. Okay. So there was like a five-page article from The Guardian, and I copy and pasted um, two paragraphs. Essentially, there is one guy who is in charge of bringing back these rhinos, and oh, yeah, he was prepared for this. (laughs) All right. Update. This is how I put it. Update rhino story from The Guardian. And I cut in right into the middle of a sentence. Professor Hildebrandt, or Prof Hildebrandt, is head of reproduction management at the Lebanese Institute uh, for Zoo and Wildlife Research in the eastern suburbs of Berlin. He holds the keys to rescuing the species. Discovered in Belgian Congo by the British geologist Richard Leedker in 1908, when there were hundreds of thousands of the animals before it was hunted to virtual extinction for its valuable horn. All right, and then I skipped a few more paragraphs. Going to this one. Unlocking the door of a nondescript concrete block at at the Institute this week, Hildebrandt showed off a cryogenic tank in which 300 milliliters of northern white rhino semen is stored in liquid (laughs) nitrogen at negative 196 degrees Celsius. Hildebrandt has been collecting the samples with colleagues for about 15 years. He couldn't expose the samples, quote, because it's just too delicate, unquote, he said. Quote, it's truly priceless, part of the world's cultural heritage, end quote. The tank sits next to many others in the high-security complex, a potential treasure trove of samples, including the semen of the cancer-resistant naked mole rat, disease materials, tumors, and microbes that could provide the answer to some of the world's diseases. And so there's a picture here. The guy's just so proud. He's just sitting so proud with like a five-gallon specimen... Big old bucket of rhino cum. <laughs> Which is what I said last week. Like, there's got to be someone jacking off these rhinos nonstop, right? 15 years he's been doing this. He's been jacking off rhinos for 15 Not years. Not just rhinos, other animals. <laughs> That's his job. There's a guy out there, and he's stoked about it. He's like, yeah, I'm saving the planet here, guys. Uh, mole rats, get over here. If he's been doing this for 15 years, how come we haven't had more babies been made like what is he cryogenically freezing all the semen for if there's not going to be like maybe the guy that was slacking off was the one that was in charge of inserting the specimen or like why aren't they fucking like are they do they is there an egg person do they talk about the eggs at all like collecting eggs that's that was literally all I took from that article I read the whole thing but that was pretty much it what good is all this fucking semen going to do if there's no egg to fertilize fertilize it with Well, you know how some breweries are after, like, really hard-to-find ingredients? (laughs) I mean... I got something for you. (laughs) I'll pass. (laughs) I mean, you know how Jägermeister has deer blood in it? Yes. It's like extinct rhino semen infused beer. (laughs) It's it's the Sierra Nevada hazy little milk. (laughs) So, yes... There we go, guys. We'll get off this. Um, I'm just happy someone was doing what I 
thought they should be doing from last week. And it's funny because that popped up on, I check Google News like 10 times a day, just the headlines. I scroll through all the headlines. And that's funny that that was one of them. I wasn't searching specifically for this. <laughs> um, I think you are, Tim, when you're just making excuses now. No. I mean, you can look at my search history. Go ahead. There's a lot worse stuff in there, but... <laughs> um, all right. Before we get into some heated baseball talk, which I have an opinion on... Ooh, I'm excited for that. It's not real baseball. <laughs> um, I got another article from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, they wrote about breweries right now. I think there's a lot of interesting stats, and I'm going to just read the whole thing only this long and i'm going to stop along the way all right from the chicago tribune u.s saw a record numbers of of breweries open and go out of business in 2017 um an estimated 997 new breweries opened that is insane we are in the bubble right now like it's it's climbing but it's ready to burst we all see it coming it's i'm curious to see who lasts like what you brought tonight one year old they're going to last, man. You go to at least if they can survive on non-distribution sales, if they can survive on like tap house, tap room sales, they're all fucking crazy busy all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I know. But when you get to smaller outskirts, that's where you're going to start seeing it die, which is the next part of the sentence. 165 closed. I mean, that's not too many. Uh, it is considering so, what. So nine hundred ninety. So a thousand. What is that? A thousand opened. Yeah, sure. Twenty per state, right? My math is correct. A thousand. There's fifty states. That that'd be a hundred times that by two. A thousand, dude. Oh, you said twenty. You said twenty. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. It- Don't let me question your math skills. That's my worst. Was that? Yeah, yeah, about 20 per state. Corey, what's 50 times 20? A thousand. A thousand. <laughs> I told you, you're right. I was trying to get you to keep going. Okay. You're right. I, I quickly, light bulb, you're right. You're right. Okay, so 20 per state opened, and um, so like three per state closed. Mm-hmm. So like a seven to one ratio. Yep. It seems, I don't know, like what are you worried about? Uh, the country is home to a whopping 6,200 breweries in 2017, and the Brewers Association said a stark contract to just 10 years ago when the nation claimed about 1,500 breweries. Man, that is crazy. I think it is. That is crazy. I think, I think it's a trend. It's very trendy right now. It's what people like to do. Not everybody actually that's going there likes drinking the beer they just like to say that they drink craft beer that's why i think we're in like it's gonna burst there's not gonna be this much available in 20 years from now but what's crazy if you look back at like does it have any historical data on there like prior to this obviously 10 years ago it was like 1600 but Mm. what was how many breweries were there in like 1900 Uh, okay yeah see i Again, chop the article in half because I didn't want to read 10 pages, right. so I don't have that on me right now. I uh, just copy and pasted. Uh, I have no idea. But 1,900, I would guess there were probably over 1,000, though. I think, there was, I think there was way more. I think it was more like now where like almost every small town had their own brewery. I think they did because of distribution was tough. Right. I feel like exactly. Yeah, that's what I th- I think they did because like Mankato had a brewery and this is the first brewery since like 1967. 
because they had a couple breweries. Uh-huh. The last one that was there was 1967. Right. Um, yes, the 60s and 70s were hard time for small breweries. Do you, do you hear Corey breathing? I do. Corey. <laughs> Sorry. I'm listening to you talk. Are you, like, you got a, about you ready got, to fall asleep? You got a whistling booger? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just pick it. We're not looking. Uh, all right. So the article goes on to say, this is... We could be getting off of a good conversation there, but this is different now. They changed the Brewers Association, changed terms now, and we might officially have a term for craft beer. Remember, we tried talking about what officially is a craft beer, and we were trying to figure that right. out. We know what it is, but we don't really know what it is. Um, any brewery with more than 25% ownership by a big beer company fails to qualify under the Brewers Association of definition of a craft brewer. For sure. So they upped that. Um, the Brewers Association has tweaked two-thirds of its definition of a craft beer brewer. Small. That's now the maximum production was raised from 2 million annual barrels of production to 6 million. And traditional... The organization now allows for adjuncts uh, such as rice and corn to be used. Okay. So, um, however, it has held fast to its definition of independent. No more than 25% of a craft brewer can be owned by a brewery that itself does not considered craft, resulting in a data sheet that is adjusted with every brewery sale. Um, I don't know. It's. Ask somebody, talk about, like, there's curious people who don't drink craft beer, and they say, like, they want to get into technical terms with you, and they say, what's craft beer? What do you say to them? Um, yeah, I would just say small batch. Like, right, but not mass-produced, not mass-distributed. Mm-hmm. But what about companies like, like Stone Brewing, who's everywhere? I mean, they are mass-distributed, um... See, I had this conversation with somebody. I'm like, yeah, there's some craft breweries that are everywhere, literally in all 50 states, and they're still considered craft. There's other ones that get bought out. Uh, they're, it's about styles of beer, too. They're not just producing, like, you know, a, an American light beer and an American lager. They're producing several I would different say styles. That, yeah, what do you want to I say? would say that a part of it has to be they're going to be privately owned. They're not going to be... Uh, owned by like a publicly traded company, either. Right. Okay. But like, don't you think like the style of beer that they produce matters? I think I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah, because what if well, like Shells for the longest time only made like what lagers and dark beer. Basically, they didn't make anything pale up until recently, but they were always considered craft. Uh, there was a point where like they had to like fight to be considered craft. You think so? Because, like... Aren't they basically in Minnesota and a couple of the touching states? Right. But it goes back to in that article where it says adjuncts, like using adjuncts. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. They do. And for a long time... And I don't fully under... I've never fully understood this. I just know there's a distinction between people who use adjuncts and those who don't. And Shells does. And the big breweries use adjuncts also. And a lot of small breweries do not. Okay. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, 
I read a separate article today. I don't have it in front of me, but I do remember one stat that stood out for me. Um, this company, this uh, the, the Brewers Association, association, uh, they, a couple of years ago, set a goal to have craft beer be 20% of all beer sold of the entire market by 2020 because it was on a steady in- increase. They've since pulled back, like, saying, at this point, that's completely an unrealistic goal, and it's because of craft breweries being bought up. So, like, one will get, you know, will buy it. We get so big. They'll yeah. get big, and then they'll get noticed, and that'll take out, like, 3% right. of the whole market, which I thought that was really interesting, too. Like, everybody's, I, I think people are interested in trying new flavors and stuff like that, and then they're, you know, the big companies are noticing, and they're saying, hey, we'll make that money. Right. Let oh. somebody do all the scrub work because we can't figure it out ourselves, and we'll just give them a couple million dollars. And I completely understand that. It's tough to say. I'll give you, you know, $150 million for your company. I mean, see ya. Have you, I mean, have you heard of Ballast Point before? No. I mean, they literally sold for a billion dollars. Like, a brewery that started, like, 20 years ago, probably in the mid-90s, 20 years later, sold for a billion dollars worth it i mean if you're in their shoes it's hard to say no like what do you do yeah you can't say good for you but i mean it sucks for the consumer but for the consumer places like that like it's why sam adams is struggling they're getting squeezed from both sides you get squeezed from the people who are never leaving their true hardcore coors bush budweiser miller they're on that and then you're getting squeezed from the small side, the hyper-local that are producing, like, these really crazy beers that are really good, that don't even have to worry about distribution. They are only... And people who are local, like, only want that. Mm-hmm. So if you're, like, a middle-tier craft well, brewery... Sam Adams can't come up, can't experiment because they're nationwide. But, I mean, like, Stone and Ballast Point and Golden Road and all the places that... Elysian, all the places that InBev and places like that are buying, like, they still try to. Yeah. I didn't know Elysian was InBev. Yep. Oh. Well, I'm going to be buying one of their six-packs this weekend. <laughs> I got to give I got to give our homebrewers a six-pack of bottles. Oh. Yeah, that was the deal. Yeah, it's hard to find bottles. A, they're the exact style that they're looking for. I put them next to each other. They look, ex- they're the same style. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just get them these. Yeah. Um, you don't have any input on this, Corey? Um, not a lot, I guess. But I mean, also when it comes down to it. You've made to some very good points, Andy. I mean, I think, Dang. I mean, technically, yeah, is Sam Adams a craft brewery? Yeah, but. How do you I mean, feel? The, how do you feel the bubble? You think all these small towns? I know, isn't that crazy? At the bottom of the spear, of the on one, it heavy uh, settleage. Um, Don't know what the fuck this thick shit is. Thick shit at the bottom. Sorry to interrupt there, Corey. I think that it Tim may be partially right because it is a trend that we're going to see, and we might. Like, these breweries are going to succeed, but, I mean, we're going to get to the point where, like, I think people are going to become disinterested in opening additional breweries. So, as we start seeing, 
you know, these other ones close, you know, eventually it's not going to stay on a, on a 20 to three like trend forever, obviously. Right. I mean, it can't grow forever. Um, you know, and it is kind of a fad or a trend right now for everyone to be opening a brewery and starting, you know, going from their basement to, you know, production sort of thing. But is it going to end in five years or is it going to end in 15 years? It's hard to say. Yeah. And people like what they like. Eventually, you know, somebody is going to hit the big time, like fair States mirror universe per se. Eventually that, that could see something like that catching on. And all of a sudden, holy shit, fair States in 50 States, you know, because of that beer specifically, that'll put them on the map. And then what do you guys, what else do you have? Nothing. Oh, okay. Then you start seeing bankruptcy and, yeah. I mean, even, like, the small towns around here are starting. Like, there's rumors of one of one happening in Sleepy Eye. Uh, I just saw that Medelia, like, announced that they're opening one. I heard Tracy's getting one, too. Tracy's getting one. It's just, like... The only thing with these small towns that I don't like getting breweries is that there's one brewery per town, whereas I want to go somewhere where there's five breweries in the town. I'm not, like, I don't want to visit Medelia specifically for one brewery. Right. I, I want to go there for five breweries. I, I, that's why I'm kind of against small towns getting them, like, the size of Springfield or Sleepy I just don't Eye. think they can support them. Like, that... And, and the customer base isn't that into it. There are some... Exactly. For sure. For sure. Especially in the small towns. There are some towns where, around here especially, where you're seeing a brewery pop up. And it's considered craft, but it has a board of directors from the start. Like, it's a bunch of investors. So they're in it for the wrong reasons to begin with, and the quality suffers. Right. Yeah, I mean... Some people are in it for the money grab and not for, like, loving to produce good beer. Right. They're like, hey, let's hop on. And that's those are the people who are going to fail, and they're going to be like, oh, I don't understand. I don't understand why we failed, because they're looking at it as, oh, this can be an investment, instead of like, oh, let's make really good beer, and people will follow. Right. Like you got to put the cart before the horse, or the horse before the cart. Yeah. <laughs> put the horse before the cart. And you know what? Actually, fuck the horse. Put an engine in that cart. <laughs> yeah. so that's way go. easier. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's some serious beer talk. I don't know. I'll, people talk. There's one that just closed in Minneapolis. Northgate Brewing closed. And there was a bunch of articles. Like, anytime something bad happens to, like, a brewery, they're like, is this the beginning of the bubble bursting? Like, all the media outlets, like, put that out there. And it's like, A... Maybe they had other shit you don't that that was going on that you have no idea what was happening in their lives. B, maybe they just had a shitty business plan and they weren't doing things right. Maybe they had a shitty location. Maybe something, something, something. Maybe they got bored with it. Right, exactly. There's lots of possible reasons before the before you get to like the bubble bursting. Like that shouldn't be like when a business closes. Like when any business closes, do you say like, oh my god, is the restaurant industry is the bubble bursting you know like i don't, I don't 
this oh my is, god, people are gonna people are gonna quit eating that restaurant closed. Right, exactly. Like, people are gonna quit eating. Businesses <laughs> of of all kinds is up. eating a fad. The bubble <laughs> will burst. More at eight. <laughs> all kinds of businesses closed for all kinds of reasons. It I mean, when the Arby's in Minneapolis closed and they took down the sign, like there were no stories about roast beef being like the bubble popping <laughs> the on. Bubble roast beef. There was vigils. Did you know that? There was. Yeah. There was candlelight vigils. Um, but yeah, there was no like, is the ro- roast beef industry dying? <laughs> Just like, are people going to stop eating? <laughs> I can't get past that. That's a great line. <laughs> so, I mean, there's lots of reasons for business to close besides a bubble bursting. If I can only tell you from experience, like almost every weekend, there's like three tap houses I go to on a regular in Minneapolis. And they were always, one was so busy last weekend that I walked in and the line was damn near out the door that I turned around and left. Like, can I say this for small towns that are considering, like, if you're a guy that's like messing with the idea of starting a brewery, start a tap room, just a tap room. That's what I want somewhere within 20 miles from where I live, where I can go in and there's at least 10 different craft beers on tap ready to go. That's what I'm interested in that. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be loyal to anybody that you, you can have a anything cr- you want on a craft there. brew bar, like a beer bar. Yeah. So you're saying, yeah, you put up some, put that up, throw up good tunes on and a freaking pool table and you're set. That's all you need. Right. I just want to sit there and sample different beers and have people that care about beer running the show so that when there's a new beer going on tap, you post about it on social media so I know there's something new to try. Right. Like in uh, a patio. You got to have a patio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to have a patio. Which is weird because a lot of places down here don't have patios. Right. It's <laughs> Why is that? It, when it gets nice out, I think I want to go sip a beer on a patio somewhere. Oh, okay, I got to drive to New Alm for that. Like, this is so stupid. That's why we're building a patio. Literally this spring. <laughs> Coming this spring. Tim's getting a patio. So he can drink beer on it. But when I lived in when I lived in Pennsylvania, that's like was my bar, was a bar that had like fifty beers on tap, and that was like mm-hmm. they were this was like two thousand eight when I lived there, you know, so they were a little bit ahead of the trend, but it was definitely starting to happen then. Well, like, that's what they say, a northeast IPA. Like I feel like it just moved inward. Right. Um from both sides. But it was nice, like, being able to go to this bar and, like, try all this different r- stuff. And, like, just on their Instagram, they just, like, posted, like, we have, I think, I, God, I can't remember. I'm trying to think of where it was from. But regardless, it doesn't matter. They're like, we have one of three kegs in the entire state of this beer. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't get distributed to Pennsylvania at all. We got one of the kegs. Mm-hmm. Like, come drink it. We talk about every day. Play the lottery all the time. What we're gonna do when we make millions of dollars? And I always say, I'm. I don't care that nobody's gonna come and part and be a patron, but I'm opening a tap room in Springfield <laughs> when I win my millions. It's gonna be a record store and a tap room, and that's just where I'm gonna hang out all day. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be bored, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> my Instagram game's gonna be on point though. <laughs> I'm not taking over something. I'm tearing something down and rebuilding. <laughs> So you're going to open that in, like, the old uh, drive-in location? It'd be on Main Street. I'd just start buying the places on Main Street, and whatever I want to do, I would open them up as something, knowing they'd never are ever going to go out of business because I had just won $150 million.
we probably get a studio too. <laughs> and I'd buy Andy another leather hat. Probably. I have another one. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I got a black one too. Oh. <laughs> uh. Hey, I don't know if I keep seeing in the newspaper um, meetings to discuss Riverside Days. I keep thinking that Riverside Days is going to get canceled one of these years because they make no money off of it right. as a city because they don't know how to make money off of it. Um, I'm a little bit nervous that there might not be a 5K <laughs> this year. If that's the case, we are going to map out in Springfield a 5K. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a 5K. Right. Just so you know, Corey. Fair enough. We should take five. Take five. All right, we're back on the air. Hey guys. Hey guys. Um, let's talk baseball for a quick second. Circle me, Bert. An institution has come to an end. Wrong. No, it didn't. No kidding. What's up, guys? Were you going to get to that, or did you really not hear that that was the No, I didn't. Correct? Well, in an essence, it came to an end, but then came back to life. Okay. You, you tell the story, Corey. You know it better than I mean. So, Bert, like, tweeted out that it was being canceled, and, like, Twitter went paywire over it. Um, and then... Justifiably you know, so. Yes. And then... The next day, like, FSN was like, oh, no, no, you know, there was a misunderstanding. And then Bert even said, apparently I misunderstood them. So who knows if this was changed due to the backlash or if it, you know, originally was supposed to be canceled and they're bringing, you know, or it really was just a misunderstanding. But what happened is that um, FSN has gotten a new sponsor that is not the Minnesota State Lottery, you know, so they're not going to have the winner's circle portion of it anymore where whoever, you know, Bert's going to circle somebody and they're going to win lottery tickets. Um, so Bert is still going to have his telestrator where he can circle fans, but they're just not going to win a prize for being circled anymore. And I think that's so. once Bert heard that the sponsorship had been pulled, he kind of assumed that the whole segment would be over. I don't know about that. I kind of think it's either it's over or it's not. I mean, there was... But the whole segment happens because of a sponsorship. Right, but I feel like the twins were just kind of like telling them, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. So we're not doing that anymore? Okay, and then they're coming out saying, "Eh, it's just a confusion. It's I mean, it's it's black and white. I think they got a new sponsor. Grand Casino? Yeah, Treasure Island. Yeah, Treasure Island, right? Yeah. Resort and Casino. But I don't know if Treasure Island's, like, giving a prize away in collaboration with somebody being circled or if or, or what the situation is. They should. They should give, like, a $20 free play away or something. If I were on the Treasure Island marketing board, that's what I would do. Get people in the door, you know? <laughs> give them $23 to gamble. They're going to gamble 100 They're going to lose that $20 and then be like, oh, I'm going to win that back. I've never been a TI. Me either. That's why you got to get people in the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got quite a few casinos in this state. I think I've only been to Jackpot. It's not true. You've been to... Um, you said you've been to... Pra- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Prairie's Edge. Prairie's Edge. Even I know that, Tim. That's it. <laughs> I think that's it. I never, so, like, I've never been to a Mystic Lake or a Grand Casino. 
those are apparently are the cool ones. I haven't been to either of those either. Yeah, I've been to Treasure Island, and I've been to... I think the only one maybe that I know of that I haven't been to would be some of the ones, like, way up north. Like, isn't there, like, a black bear or something like that? There is. Yep. Like, on 35 on the way to Duluth or something? Yep. And there's one, like, right in Duluth. Yeah, is that one still there? Yep. I just saw it. There's, like, right downtown Duluth, there's just a casino. I don't fully understand (laughs) that. Because I think it's still, like... No, it's like in the. It's on downtown. Like you have to. It's kind of it's out of your way. It's literally downtown. It's out of your way for like hotels and touristy spots. You got to right. go up the hill a little bit. But it's like I wanted to go to the record store there, uh, Electric Fetus, and we kind of walked for a couple blocks and went to like Pizza Luce and stuff. Kind of a very Minneapolisy sentence there. <laughs> they have that all in Duluth too. Yeah, they do. And then holy crap, there's a casino like three blocks further. We could see it. How does that work? I thought you could only have, like, Native American casinos. Yeah, I don't know exactly how it works. Because it's in the town. Right. I think the one in the town is, I think there's, like, some sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, contract to where it is a, you know, a Native American-owned and run casino, but they've worked out a contract where they're able to have it in the city limits of Duluth. Or could it have been like um, Canterbury has tables, I think, right? Yes. I don't understand how that works either. Right. We should just get state gambling. We should. Well, remember when they were trying to figure out a way to fund the Viking Stadium and there was an Indian tribe that said that if the state let them put a casino in like Block E or like somewhere in the metro, yep. that, that, that was a they, big... would, they would actually pay for the stadium. Yep. Like they offered to foot the bill for the stadium if they could have a casino in the metro, and the city was like, nope, we can't let you do that. Yep, I totally remember that. So there's got to be some kind of, like, if you are Native, you can go into cities if they if you have some kind of contract with them. Like, it can be off-res if you contract yeah. with people. But that would have been so sweet. That would have been awesome. Yeah, downtown casino. I mean, it'd be like every other city in the country. Would be awesome. It'd be just like Biff's. What's that? From what was Biff's? Oh, from Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, that you're okay. I thought you're talking about a real place. No. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe someday when I'm governor of Minnesota, I'll make sure that we have a, a downtown Minneapolis casino. Corey, you need to run for mayor of Sanborn. I'm his campaign manager. I happening. know. We're doing it again. We're bringing this up again. I mean, has to happen. Well, now that you don't have to be on the road with your job all the time. <laughs> yeah, because of the day-to-day need of a mayor in Sanborn. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it would have been hard to be mayor of Sanborn when uh, you miss half the city council meetings. I mean, that's why I took the leave of absence from the fire department, because I was always gone out of town and happened to miss, you know, we have one week, one meeting a month, and I always have to be gone the week that we have them meetings. Yeah, understandably. So, so I mean, but now with your new job, I mean, you you can earn that five hundred dollar a year paycheck for being mayor of Sanborn. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm guessing that's something like that. And then work my way up to be like a state representative, and then eventually become mayor of mayor of uh, Minnesota or governor of Minnesota. <laughs> mayor of Minnesota. Yep. 
and uh, we'll have uh, a downtown Minneapolis casino. We'll have gambling right <laughs> in the Capitol building. <laughs> love it, love it. Serious question: If yeah, you that's guys in St. Paul, though, I wanted in Minneapolis. If you guys, well, we can do to- both. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking like gasinos like yeah. South Dakota has, or like every gas station has a slot machine or two. We're right. talking like full-fledged uh, casinos with like blackjack tables, poker rooms, uh, no-limit poker tournaments. Oh. It'll be great. Can we even get the no-limit poker pass in Minnesota? In Minnesota, there's this law where you can only play spread games. So you can only play like 3-6 or 2-4 or 4-8. Yeah. They have some Unless games... Unless it's a tournament, then you can play no limit. Right. Minnesota but laws are lame as hell. They are weird. There's so many other things, too. Like, we have a tier one law in Minnesota that says a skate park, if it's going to be public and there will be no one on duty, the ramps cannot be taller than 48 <laughs> inches. <laughs> to be taller than that, to be a tier two park, you can be, like, up to six or seven feet, but you have to have, like, a representative, like a lifeguard. <laughs> On, on duty. Yeah, so you have to pay that person. Therefore, every skate park in every small town around here is tier one, four feet and under. Right. Why? Look at Portland. They have, like, all these, like, cool, you know, do-it-yourself skate parks that are, like, concrete bowls under bridges people build, you know, like, 12 feet tall. It's, like, assumed risk. Like, if you enter here, you might get injured. So it's the same thing with gambling, like, I'm already going there. Like, who cares? Laws here are dumb. Oh, Christ, we just got Sunday alcohol sales. Off <laughs> off sale. Speaking of gambling and baseball, just got to put this one thing out there. I made, you can bet on win totals for how many wins mm-hmm. um, for each team. I put a one sizable bet. For the San Francisco Giants, I just want this on record, San Francisco Giants under 83 wins. That is my bet of the baseball season. Uh, you think so? I do. I liked it before. 80 what? 83. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Um, no one else can take use of that information, unfortunately. But... Um, I liked it before Mad Bum got injured for two months and then Samarja got injured for a month and then those happened and it was like, it's a lock. So that's my lock of the baseball season. San Francisco Giants. You probably can't get very good money on that at this point, I'm guessing, though. Well, you can't bet anymore because baseball season started today. Yeah. Mm, You think they... I bet you could probably still find the line somewhere. No, you can't, like those win totals go off after opening day. Oh, they do. Yep. Okay. It's like the start of a game, you know. Like you can't bet after. I mean, you can do live. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you can do live, like in-game betting. So I thought maybe you could do like in-season. Yeah, they should do that, but they don't. Maybe a little bit, but I don't think they really do that. Yeah. That's why we had to postpone from doing the podcast from last night to tonight because I was working on my win totals last night. <laughs> gotcha. 
I see. I'm kind of in favor of going back to Thursdays, honestly, because I didn't know the Americans moved to Wednesday nights. I got to watch the premiere of the Americans last night, and I was pretty stoked. I actually prefer Wednesdays, but who knows? No, that's fine. We can do it. I got FX now. Um, I've been watching a lot of very questionable TV lately. Like really Me bad, too. really bad TV, and it's not not. Like, when I sit down to watch TV, I watch good stuff, but when I'm doing something, like cleaning the kitchen, I put something terrible on for some reason, and it's gotten really bad. Um, Hulu has American Pickers on it, and I've seen about a season and a half of American Pickers in the last, like, three months. Um, There's some weird stuff going on with that, but my first thing with that is do you think in 50 years like they do a version of this show of American Pickers somebody recreates it where they go around and pick things are there gonna be barns picked and they're gonna pick up stuff from today and be like look at this blue e-cig sign in perfect shape (laughs) do you think there's gonna be a market for today's things in 50 years like where are we gonna be like holy crap look at this like Steve Jobs Rolling Stone cover or something they might, but like things are so mass produced now that they weren't back then. It's the that's stuff, yeah, that's that's the key. The stuff that they're going after now is just so cool, and the stuff we have now is just so dumb. Like everything is cool from a hundred fifty years ago, fifty years ago, you know, all that. Today it's just like I don't see like you wanting this huge fucking white computer screen you know (laughs) with the fat back on it just for a centerpiece you know in your living room like look at the crt monitor it had windows (laughs) it ran windows 98 (laughs) like nobody's gonna want that versus they were buying like a 1940s tv that was like you know zenith made and it was like you know a couple thousand were made and i'm like it looked cool it looked really cool. Right. Like they're buying these old Schwinn bikes and nobody's going to buy like these mass produced pieces of crap from China that are sold in Walmart now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're it's just not going to be the same thing. Um, you know, I liken it to like baseball cards, you know, right. the baseball Talk about card a bubble bursting. That was a bubble. Yeah. That died because baseball cards got so popular that there were so many being made that they weren't even a big deal anymore. But I think they're, I mean, that happened, especially like in the nineties when we were kids, we all thought, Oh, we're going to actually buy the cards and save them. But they were so overproduced that they ended up being worth nothing because everyone had them. But now I think they figured it out. I'm not totally sure on this, but I think the baseball card market is still kind of real because they, the producers figured out like, Oh, we can't, Overproduce these things. It's coming back. Right. Just like breweries. Like everything's got a market. Vinyl's back. Like new baseball cards on like eBay and shit, like are actually worth money. Like before I got a couple more things about American Pickers, but can I just say this too? In the nineties, all the like old guys that were in charge of making movies in Hollywood thought that kids needed baseball movies. There's like fifty baseball movies that came out of the nineties. Little Big League, uh, Angels, Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, uh, Sandlot, just 
Everybody mm. must have thought like kids like baseball. It's a it's America's sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the American pastime. First or it's America's game or whatever it's called. What's the one where um oh Field of Dreams? You're in Iowa. Are you in heaven? That's from the eighties, uh, but I wonder how far I am from the Field of Dreams. I think I'm quite a ways away from it yet. I think you are too. Is this heaven? No, oh, it's, Iowa. it's Iowa. Didn't he do Tin Cup too? Because I think that it's over. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, but yes. so he's in lots of sport Ke- movies. Kevin Costner, yeah. And then he did Flight of the I mean, Phoenix. He also was in Bull Durham. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another baseball movie. Which is, like, it's the best baseball movie. I don't know. Field of Dreams does, like, make me cry, but Bull Durham's a better movie. Why aren't there any, like, movies like that, like Mighty Ducks, or just, like, kids' sports movies that are, are like, a full-on franchise these days? Like, nope. I'm not latching on to anything like that. Andy, uh, the Field of Dreams is 97 or 135 miles away from me. Ooh, you should go. Take a picture and then come but back. But is it like, uh, is it like, it's not towards your way back? No, I'd have to go all the way. So Grinnell is like not quite halfway between Des Moines and Iowa City. It's closer to Des Moines. Okay. Um, so I'd have to go all the way over to Iowa city and then up through Cedar Rapids. You know, it's quite, it's actually quite a ways North of me. Um, it's just, I got to go just as far East and then go that as I do North to get to it. Okay. I'll say this as much as Iowa sucks, it's got its perks. Like you and I in Cedar Falls, I've had some good weekends there. This surprised me. So for some reason I had to look up, a. Popula- like population of states, the amount of people that live in Iowa surprised me. I wouldn't guess a lot. I'd guess it's like it's just because like three most million? of the people live in Des Moines, Iowa City, uh, Sioux City, Cedar Rapids, like they, they Coralville. Like, well, that's Iowa City basically, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I tried to name a suburb and go deep. <laughs> I know a little bit. I know a little bit about Iowa. Neighbors to the south. But, yeah, they're like three and a half million. I mean, how much do you think Minnesota is? Uh, Minnesota, probably Minnesota's seven million. Like, yeah, I think so. Five and a half. Okay. Damn it. My first guess was going to say five, and I said seven. God. So I was, like, not even less than half of Minnesota. Right. That totally shocked me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean... Like South Dakota and North Dakota are nothing. Nothing. But Wyoming, Montana, nothing. nothing. I know. Nebraska, nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. Like there's actually people who live in Iowa. Iowa. That surprised me. Well, Iowa is why. the insurance capital of the world. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> really, just I'm just saying. It's actually true. <laughs> I didn't just make that up. No, I was doubting you. <laughs> Well, you sounded like it. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was just telling you to shut up. No one cares. <laughs> I, ca- I care about your insurance, Corey. I'm uh, just saying, like, I Clay care- County Corey, Fair, baby. Corey, I care about you. I saw a World of Outlaws race at the Clay County Fair a couple years ago. Shut took, up, Tim. Took my <laughs> wife to beat. You know, I showed her. This is this is wife beating territory. <laughs> You're lucky, you know. This is why I'm a good man. This is why you should marry me. Because I took you to wife-beating territory. And they beat you. Didn't touch you. 
Then we went to Were you gym. wearing like a sleeveless t-shirt and camouflage cargo shorts? No, I was so into it that I wore Did a racing t-shirt. Did you have a, and a cigarette hanging out of your mouth? No, I, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I've, uh, I wore a racing t-shirt and I'm not proud of it. I have the shirt still in my closet. I can't get rid of it. You should wear it for the 5K. Okay. No, I'll probably wear a Pilsner Podcast t-shirt. Live commentary. Um, somebody, not me, just got up to use the facilities. I wonder if he'll fart again. Well, what I want to know is if he's going to flush this time because I didn't know he didn't flush last time. And it must have been a week that went by. And I came down here and lift up the lid and, oh, thanks, bud. Well, he, he probably didn't want to flush because he knows it would get picked up on the mics. That doesn't bother me. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to. Well, I don't want our listeners to have to listen to it. A flush? I don't want to have to open it up a week later. <laughs> well, he should be nice enough to do it, like, after the show's over. <laughs> there we go. You hear that? I didn't. Good. Nobody else did then either. Hang on. And our photo of Andy's really getting some traction. Some, some traction on Facebook. That's good. He's got three shares and four likes. Oh, don't be don't be telling actual stats now. <laughs> uh, your cousin even liked it. I got a lot of cousins, man. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, let's get one back to pickers for Florida. one second. <laughs> I waited for you to come back. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Everybody's got a bottom line on an item, right? They're gonna sell this. You know, what's your absolute bottom line for this Schwinn bike? My absolute bottom line: six hundred dollars. Would you take five fifty? Sold. Nobody knows what a bottom line is. It drives me nuts. And I want to be picked. I want to be picked so bad, but I got nothing cool. I got your Minneapolis poster leaning up still, but that's it. I got a lot of beer cans. (laughs) They had this, God, what was this? They had the same concept of, Of something that should be the limit or capacity. Power trip is doing capacity. Did you hear that? No. Somewhere I heard that on talk radio. Okay. Um, so for hockey arenas, like, or any arena, the seating. Oh, over 100%. Per- yeah. Over 100% capacity. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. well, then you don't understand what capacity is because right. you can't be over 100%. Right. They, you can't go past the bottom line. The Vegas. Because that's not the bottom line. The Vegas Knights set um, capacity records in the NHL at like consistently staying at like over 105% or right. something like that. And they're like, well, that's. You don't understand what capacity. But is that because so is that because the capacity number is based on the number of seats on the seats? But, sell, but they're selling standing room only tickets in addition to correct. But so then, in reality, then the capacity, the standing room only, the space allowed for standing room only should also be figured into capacity. Correct, but and it's the no, it's not. The teams don't like that because they don't want to. If they aren't even selling out their seats they don't want it to reflect even worse. Right. You know, like they don't have to be like the Oakland A's and like tarp off entire sections. Right. Exactly. 
or like be like a NASCAR track on a Monday afternoon. But it's like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> how was that? I, I watched, uh, um, yeah, I watched it on my phone. I, I caught like 10 laps here and there. And then I, so made those sure. who don't know about the NASCAR race, it got postponed because of snow in Nashville. No, Martinsville. Martinsville, which I don't know where that is. Tennessee somewhere? <sighs> Sounds like Tennessee. I don't know, but it's a half-mile track. That's why I was excited for all of us to be able to watch it. Half-mile? That's what dirt tracks are. It, it's a tiny-ass track. They zip, 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 Right. Yeah. It's fun racing. Yeah, it was good racing. But, yeah, so I watched it on my phone um, at work. Just like I would pop into the warehouse and catch ten laps, and then I'd come back in, make sure they look like I'm doing something, and I made sure that when there was like the last like twenty laps, I just like didn't give a crap. I'm like, hang on, <laughs> whatever it was, hang on. Yeah, it was a good race. It was a really good race actually. Um, I got destroyed, obviously. Corey, you won. You know that. Yeah. But it was really fun to watch. Andy, you would have liked watching it. I bet I would have. Uh, Bristol, whenever that, whenever they race Bristol, you'll like watching that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, a half-mile track again, but it's higher banked. Ooh, so they just run around. It's a bull ring. It was a flat track, Martinsville is. But, yeah. So. It's like a like velodrome. You ever watch that, the Summer Olympics? They have velodrome biking. On the wooden, yep, it looks like a gym floor. Yep, yep. and yep. it's super banked, and they mm-hmm. just, that's I cool. don't watch that because I think the Summer Olympics are stupid, <laughs> but I know what you're saying, yep. Well, okay, then. I see you got kind of a beard going there. Yeah, I've just been too lazy to shave. Oh. Um, are you happy with the amount of American Pickers talk we've done? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm satisfied. I just had to get that out because I had that saved from last week, in my last week's notes. <laughs> One of the, did, I think have I told the story about how one of the guys from American Pickers big timed. Uh, you told us of off air, I think. Go ahead and okay. tell it again. So, uh, a friend of mine was at a restaurant or like a hotel bar. Was it Frank or South, Mike? Frank. The the short one with the Frank. with the beard. Yes, Frank. Al Borland, Frank. Frank. Uh, and anyway, so. They were in this hotel bar in South Dakota. I think they were on their way to or from Sturgis. Anyway, and, like, Frank was in there, like, eating a meal and, like, having a drink or whatever. And um, they went up and, like, tried to make small talk with him. Like, hey, we like your show and stuff. And he, like, completely big-timed him, like, fuck you, leave me alone. Don't you know who I am? Everyone wants my – everyone – thinks that they need to talk to me because I'm a celebrity and like was just a fucking asshole. And it's like, dude, you're on fucking American pickers. You're not, you know, you're not Justin Timberlake. Give it a rest. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. Like, seriously, screw you, dude. Yeah. And this was like early and, days of the show. Like I had, like when he told me the story, I wasn't even really sure of who he was because I hadn't really heard of the show at all. So Right, that show too. Like I said, like I started watching it on Hulu. Hulu doesn't have every season. They have the last four seasons, which is like 15 and back. Like they have been on the air forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like uh, Storage Wars. Longer than Storage Wars. Yep. I recently watched an episode of that and decided I like it, but it's it's just I can't fu- I can't do it. I'm going to be too much of a white trash person. This is the most reality TV that I'll watch. 
I used to get hooked on storage wars when I like, I hate when I get into a hotel room and like on the TVs, you can't tell what's like, there's no, guide, it doesn't tell you right. like on the, yeah. there's not a guide on the channel. At, That's why they still have TV guide, like paper inserts with like 10 pages. It's not like the yeah. real TV guide, but uh, the ones here, all they have is like the HBO guide mm-hmm. or in most hotels. But anyway, so typically, like, I find a show that, like, I'll usually turn the TV on and, like, until I find something halfway interesting. And then, like, that's usually the channel the TV stays on the entire time that I don't even mess with it. So, I like, I used to watch a lot of American Pickers and Storage Wars because it's, like, mindless stuff you can just kind of have on in the background and not, you know. Right. You can be on your phone then. You can be texting people. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, did eh, I know I just asked this, but anybody get a chance to watch Wild Wild Country yet? No, I Come want on, to get into it. It's so good. Um, I'm afraid to watch it because I'm afraid to have nice things. It's only six watch. episodes. I know that's my problem. What once, is it? Hang on, go go on, Andy. I'll tell you in a second, Corey. Um, once I watch it, then I know it's going to be over, and oh. I, won't, I won't have it to watch anymore. It's a it's a it's a beginning to end nice story. It's called Wild Wild Country. And I love cults. It's a very good like there's a nice conclusion at the end of people who like that need closure. There's good closure at the end. Cuz a lot of things like you know like independent films a lot of times they have like open ended up to your interpretation like three billboards was um up to your interpretation uh this one has a nice conclusion. Like it's very for I say, like it's just a simple show. You just pay attention and just go. There's no confusion at all. It's so good. The Duplass brothers did it. I, I kind of want to go join a cult. I am an aspiring cult leader. If so, I'm can just I, saying. Can I join your cult? You? I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna have to live somewhere cooler than. No, I don't even know if I would have you. Um, <laughs> There's one other thing we need to talk about. Yeah, what's up, Corey? Uh, Adnan's getting the new trial. We open the show with this. We'll end the show with this. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, go on. Oh, I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I'm just, I haven't seen a whole lot about it. Uh, actually, I found out about it because Andy was so excited that he texted me and told me. Oh, so, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's a big. Uh, <laughs> so, a couple of years ago on New Year's Eve. Yep, he'll tell the story that I briefly <laughs> told before, but from a real perspective. Yeah, this is full circle. Go okay, ahead. Andy already told this story, too. No, but, I want to hear your side of it. Yeah. So, Andy was, like, super drunk on New Year's Eve. Because it was New Year's Eve. Well, yeah, obvious. I'm not saying you didn't have a reason to be. I'm just saying I it was, was a New Year's Eve. I was drunk. Andy was, like, hammer drunk. We were living in an old brewery in Walm. Yes, don't, that is correct. You don't need to defend to yourself. Up, like Corey's, You had to walk up like Corey's 17 flights here. of narrow stairs to get to their apartment. And Bobby was getting like super annoyed with Andy at his drunkenness. Like Andy had oh. fallen off his chair and knocked over a beer. Just So Bobby was getting clearly annoyed with Andy. And we had been talking about... Uh, Adnan and like di- actually different serial or uh, podcasts that we had listened to recently. And this was like the, the New Year's after serial, the first season of serial was super popular. Yep, we broke down serial, so go ahead. 
And Andy looked at Bobby and like trying to figure out why she was like pissed off. And he was like, Bobby, why are you mad? And she just kind of gave her or gave him the typical like Bobby side eye that I've seen her give him many times. <laughs> like, seriously, like you should know why I'm upset with you. And then Andy just looks at her and goes, are you pissed about Adnan? <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of the light in the moment made us all kind of laugh. And so like ever since then, like Andy being pissed about Adnan has been like the running joke. So he was very excited to let me know today that, that uh, he might not have to be pissed anymore because Adnan's getting a new trial. Uh, is he getting released while yes. he awaits the new trial? Yes, I don't know if he's out now, but everything I've read has said he will be walking and awaiting trial. That is crazy. I mean, good for him. Like I said, I said in the beginning of the show, I don't know if he was guilty or not. I have no solid opinion on that. I do think that he was not given a fair shake. What's your take? That's. I agree. I mean, I... Um, if, if he is given a fair trial and found guilty, it's not going to surprise me. Right. Um, but I just, I am appalled by the, by the, the shittiness of, of our judicial system that, that he suffered from just like, uh, my other buddy, uh, Brandon Dassey. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and when you think about that, making a murderer, uh, serial, how many other things are yeah, there that don't know about? Right, because they're just making them, you know, like or the Jinx and you know, like on HBO. Yes. Uh, there's, there's, I'm um, probably the there's probably millions of things. I mean, let's not, not forget millions, that we're a week away from another WrestleMania that Brandon Dassey's going to miss. That's next week, isn't it? It is. Um, did you guys see? I don't know the. St- complete story behind it but there was a twitter story going on yesterday um of a they were there was actually a netflix series being made about a cult and about this guy that was like just a real complete piece of shit and the fbi actually like arrested the guy yesterday and was like charging him with a whole bunch of like child molestation and the child endangerment and and shit like that and uh like the people that uh, were making the Netflix series about him uh, basically are like, we're actually, they're not even disappointed that their show got canceled because they're just so thrilled that this guy's going to jail for the rest of his life. So no, I didn't see that. And I'm sure I will. Once the show gets out, I'll find it and and, uh, retweet it. I did see quick thing before we go. um, I, Opened up Netflix tonight, right before Andy got here. Actually, like the minute Andy was getting here, and uh, right on my top screen on my profile, uh, a big picture of Seth Rogen, and it said, "Coming soon, Seth Ro- or Netflix acquires Seth Rogen." More info or add to queue. There was no trailer or anything like that, so I'm intrigued by that. That's going to be great. And Andy's writing something, but I'm going to just go ahead and give him the floor. Um, that, sh- that should be very good. Do you want to talk twins at all, Corey? It's yeah. The beginning, it's opening day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Minor story, but. Are you just depressed because we lost a day? I mean, I was, like, working, so I didn't really get to 
But now that you know that we lost today. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of watching your guys' group texts, or not not you as in YouTube, but like our other group text that Andy and I are in. And Glad I'm not in that one. Typical Ryan was like, and Josh were like trolling about how twins are terrible and the season's over. Um, I guess from what I kind of understood, it sounds like they they pulled the pit the starting pitcher too early when he was kind of rolling. They just pulled him after six innings for no reason. Um, sounds like they left Zach Duke in a little too long. Uh, okay, this is one game, so we're depressed. I want to talk season long stuff. Yeah, I mean, okay. Okay, well, let's just do basic things. Give me a stud and a dud for the season. Uh, a stud and a dud. <laughs> so we're now we're just flat out stealing bits from the sportive. No, um, they 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 do they do um a the pro and a turd. Pro and a turd. <laughs> <laughs> I just I didn't know any of that. I didn't know we were about to steal from someone because I don't care about the twins. But I just like how Corey repeated. A stud and a dud. <laughs> After you go, give me a stud and a dud. A stud and a dud. <laughs> I okay. Give me something else, Corey. <laughs> Who do you think's okay. gonna do well this year, Corey? Let me my, take over here. Who do you think? What, what do is your well? take overall on the team? <laughs> I think they're going to be in the hunt for the wild card again. I think I don't think they're going to be able to win the division. I think Cleveland is just going to be too good. I think okay. the Twins are going to have a good team. But Cleveland's going to win like 95 to 100 games, and right. I don't see the Twins winning that many games. So what if I set the over-under for the Twins at exactly what we did last year, 85 games? What would you take? That's a pretty good number. Because um, I was, I would actually put them, like, if you gave me like a five-game range, I would say like between 80 three and 88 games. So, I mean, your 85 is right in the range where I would expect them to be. Um, I mean, bullet to my head or a gun to my head. I'd probably take the over. I would never put a gun to your head. Um, my personal, I, my personal number for the twins was 87. I think it's going to be a good year, but then I, looked at something of all the things that could go wrong and it made me like seriously depressed well there's that every year you know what twins daily put out uh two articles today why you should be excited and why you should be like depressed about the twin season or whatever five things that can go great and five things that can go terrible but um i mean it's it's just it's baseball man i mean a team can we've seen it this Not is the most the, level-headed I've ever fucking talked to you about the goddamn Twins before going into a season. Well, you want me to be like, they're going to win 100 games? You used to be like that. Yeah. Sorry. You didn't, not like 100, but like, this team is going to do things. Have you turned team, in a negative And day? if I give you an, an 85 number, you're like, you're not like, this team is going to do things and they're definitely going to win 88 games this year. I mean, I think, I think, like I said, I think they're going to win like 85 to 90 games. Ooh, see, that's a lot different than what he said before. Um, I think that the stud this year, um, I think Buxton's going to have a breakout year. Um, and, and we're going to start to see the, the like, 
superstar caliber player that he's going to end up being. I fucking hope but so, I, man. But I think the breakout player that we're all going to be surprised by this year um, is going to be Kepler. Kepler is going to like put the whole thing together. Yep, I think Kepler's going to hit like 35 or more home runs. That's insane, but I would love it. As a guy who doesn't uh, watch baseball, can I guess that your dud is going to be Bauer? No, mm-hmm. uh, my dud is going to be Miguel Sano. Because of the scandal? He was cleared of that. Okay. Um, or maybe my... Yeah, I mean, you have to pick a dud. I mean, there really technically isn't one on the entire team. Um, actually, no. My dud is going to be Fernando Rodney. Especially after he blew... Okay, I wanna, I'm going to steal more from this. And that's just because he wears his hat crooked. Do you know why he? You know why? It's like a something for his dad or something. It's a tribute isn't it? to his fucking dad, and that's why you're gonna hate on him. Yep. His dad was a fisherman that had to go on a boat that, like, the sun shone on his like one side of his face while he was fishing, and that's why he wears his hat crooked in, in honor of his dad who died before he ever made the major leagues, and that's why I guarantee you, like. The Minnesota audience is going to hate on Fernando Rodney for doing that. And be like, oh, look at this guy. Where's his hat crooked? I don't think so. I mean, as soon as you told me that, I was like, before. Yeah, they bef- won't know. They won't know the no, story. But I was going to say, before you told me that, I said, who the fuck is Fernando Rodney? And then you said that. I'm like, feel good story. Love Fernando. Fernando is my guy. As soon as you said that. So I feel like it's going to get out there. It's going to get reported. Plus, or maybe, maybe Logan Morrison's going to be the dud. Fernando Rodney is so old that I'm pretty sure he was a veteran on, like... Hey, does Bartolo Colon play for us? Now that you said old. No. No, he's in the Rangers minor league system. Dang it. Um, My guy. He was a veteran on the Marlins team with Miguel Cabrera that won the World Series. No kidding. He's, like, 41. Yeah, like your age. Like, Fernando... For, like, Corey, Fernando Rodney would be great in your 35 and over league that you play at fucking, like, Leavenworth or wherever you got. Right. <laughs> like, Fernando Rodney would dominate that league. But there's a reason there needs to be a 35 and over league for baseball players. Just like, Because they shouldn't be in the major <laughs> leagues anymore. Right. Or even just playing, they're like, even the players who like play like regular town ball, they're like, uh, 35, I don't know, buddy, maybe you can go play in this league. And Fernando Rodney is like, oh, I'm just going to play Major League Baseball still. And the Twins are like, we're going to make him his closer. What if they had a, so like when you reach a certain age for like Major Leagues, and then they had like kind of a minor league system but for players going the opposite way like you get to be like 35 36 37 you can't go back to triple a or double a but you go to like we could call it like b or like super quad, quadruple a league or something to like and then they like work their way back down Ooh, i like that <laughs> i like that a lot i like that a lot so like you can get a minor league contract, but on the other end. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> no, we're sending you straight to Cuba. <laughs> Our farm system. <laughs> anyway, I got the Twins for 87 wins this year. We're getting the second wild card. We are going to Fenway. 
we are lining up. I think Barrios is going to be our breakout pitcher this year. I think he's going to come ahead of Santana and Arietta. I got a second point about Arietta I want to touch on. Um, and we've historically hit Chris Sale well. We're like the one team that does. Chris Sale is fucking awesome. And we're going to beat him. And after that, all bets are off. Like, Well, I think what's going to help the Twins is that they're going to have a lot of games against the... The bottom of our division is so bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're going to have a lot of lot of wins based on just playing the teams within their division. The White so. Sox, the Royals, and the Tigers the are... The Tigers are going to be awful. So bad. The White Sox under was one of my... I made eight secondary bets in addition to my main Giants bet, and the White Sox under was one of them. Because do you know the intricacies of MLB schedule? How many games do you play against? Is it 32? I don't know exactly. You play a lot against Indivision. Keep talking. I'm going to Google it. Um, Yeah, like it's just a weighted schedule. And I I honestly like how they do it. It's Some people say it's like ultimately unfair. Like I don't care, whatever. Like, you play your schedule, your in-division teams heavy in the beginning of the year. And then you kind of move out of it. You play more, like, dispersed teams in the middle, like everyone else in the middle. And then at the end of the year, you play, like... So it makes for fun pennant races when things are close. Like, you define things early, then you flesh out who you really are, and then at the end you, like, really push against, like, the teams that you're up against. Is that enough time? Jesus Christ. I'm getting it. Um, Jeez, man. You'd think it would be easier to find than that. Google dot com is a good website, Corey. For like twenty, fun. what are we talking about? I, I tried Google. You played twenty four games against itch or twenty twenty four divisional series. That's so you played, yeah. Doesn't say how many games that is though. Yeah, it's a little confusing. So twenty four, and there's four other teams. So you play six. No, you play well more than six games per, right? I think I had heard that it's like 16 games against each of your interdivision opponents. Right. So, I mean, you're looking at, realistically, they're going to beat the Indi- or the Tigers, the Royals, and the White Sox each 12 times. Well, we're not going to go still- undefeated against them. Right. But you can go 12-4 and four against them. Yeah, even if you go, even if you go ten and, and six, six against them, there's that's there's really thirty game, there's thirty wins right there. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, that's why I really like our chances at a wild card game. I do too. The wild card is just such a trap shoot, you know, because it depends upon, you know, what uh, you know. I mean, no, I don't know. Tell me, you said you know twice. Well, you're you're you have to have a better record than 
than other teams in the east and or in, and the west. You know, so it it can be. It's just not as easy as. It's easier to say the Twins are going to win their division than it is to say they're going to be the one team that's going to get the second wild card out of. Corey, how many wins do you think the Twins are going to get? Ninety to ninety-five. Give me a number. <laughs> so, give me a number. Hang on. <laughs> Shut up, Andy. Give me a number. Wait, wait, wait. We've asked this Corey this question to Corey three times. Did we? He's gone from eighty-two to eighty-eight to eighty-five to ninety to ninety to ninety-five. In the matter of 15 minutes, people. Give me a number, Corey. Uh, twin, wins for the Minnesota Twins. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm writing it down. Gonna Both of you. Win, we're going to hang. We're, we're going to tape this on the wall. Score. 96. <laughs> Give me a real number. All right. I'll say. Uh, I'll go 88. So I'll take. I'll, I'll go. T- I'll take the under on you. Well, I'm just going to say, say I'll just go on. I'll go on the high end of my spread that I was giving them. That's fine. Uh, I'm going to tape this to the wall tonight. Andy has got 87 wins. Corey has 88 wins. And that's a wrap, folks. Anything so, else you, you folks need to add? We're good. All nope. right. Watch for the Twins to win about 100 games this year. And watch for the new Get Up Kids record, who just announced they signed a Polyvinyl Records today. Hey, wait a minute. Andy, you never told me who your dud was. Ooh, um, my dud. Here we go for another 10 minutes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, okay, first of all, I want to talk about Jake Arietta and his weight. Have you seen Jake Arietta? <laughs> Not personally. Like, in pictures or anything? In pictures, yes. Is he a hot dude? He's fucking way chubbier than goddamn Miguel Sano is, but no one talks about his weight. He's a thick dude. I like when you use thick on men. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one talks about this fat fucker. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, M- Miguel Sano is too fucking fat. Okay. Um, I think oh, you're mistaken. What? I mean, I'm looking at pictures of him right now. He doesn't look like. That's just a fucking joke. He's unless like, he put, I mean, these are pictures from last year when he was with the Cubs, but he so unless he put on a lot of weight in the offseason. He for the Cubs last year. That's Jake Arrieta. Isn't that who you said? Oh, maybe who I said. I mean Lance Lynn. Dang oh. it, Andy. Who actually plays for us. Gosh darn it. <laughs> maybe I should. Well, that's talk. why I was wondering why you were worried about Jake Arietta. Time time for time for Andy to be done. <laughs> no, I just got two no, names wrong. Me, it's we me. were in the mix for both those players. Oh yeah, he's fat as fuck. <laughs> 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 but no one's worried about him showing up to camp like overweight. Yeah, I agree. Okay, my dud is um, Juan Castro. His his pitch framing is not going to be as good. He's not going to be – he can't pitch frame anymore. He's going to be a league average pitch framer instead of like the best pitch framer. And he's going to hit like 200. Is it too late to name my – Jason Castro, right? Not Juan. Yeah, Jason Castro. Yeah, 
Is it too late to name my my dud as Polanco for being suspended for half the year? Yeah, but that's too late. And, that's not, and then he's not going to be able to play in the playoffs. It's not too late. Just write it down and bring it to me next week. Doesn't count. Okay. If you were to call that before the suspension, then like we'd be that guy from the Rhino Tanks would be like jerking off your semen for like being a predictor of things. Did you hear? I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds like I just said no. It's not too late. Go ahead and bring it to us and when. Guys suspended. What are you guys talking about? I don't care about uh, baseball. One of the Twins players got popped for steroids. <sighs> Out eighty games. He played the and when you and when you get suspended for PEDs, uh, you also cannot play in the postseason. You know who doesn't use PEDs? NASCAR drivers. I'm gonna leave it at that. Oh, uh, that's not true. A, B, the and the steroid that our guy got popped for. Is like the story that says like, here's a big bottle that says steroids on it. Like, <laughs> take some. It's just a straight up HDH on it. It's it's like stands and all. It's just like the most basic like. This. We talked about this a couple weeks ago about how like just you can't just get steroids. The bottle had three X's on it. And <laughs> Yeah, it was a jug. It wasn't a bottle. It was a jug. NASCAR and he was just like, this ain't going to hurt me none. <laughs> NASCAR drivers take Adderall. No, they take meth. Straight meth. They skip the Adderall crap. I, I Tim still, wants to end the episode so bad. No, I don't. I'm, I want to know, <laughs> now that we're on NASCAR, going to the bathroom. Yes. You know, they're getting water bottles on their pit, on their pit stop. At some point... Like, do they get they a new just suit? Go. Do they get a new suit every race? You think, or do they just got really good cleaners? I always just assumed they were like hooked up to like a no system. No, they're probably wearing some sort of diaper. Yeah. Then why isn't Depends like all that over that? Astronaut did. Oh my God! Mark Martin could come back in a Depends car. Didn't he already do Viagra? I, okay, so you were yes. all about like why aren't the bushes? Racing, so I only know this now because I've been watching the NASCAR. Like, why aren't the bushes well, racing? You were such a fan of Mark Martin, that's why. Because I'm like, he's so old. I, I know okay, this. Go on, okay, go on. Um, but Paul Menard is rides in the Menards car. Yeah, which is like that should like live up to everything that you want. That's that's the son of the guy who owns Menards. It's a pretty easy connection. You're that, j- joking me. No. I'd be like Tim driving for Clement's Lumber. Corey, did you know that? Did I know that Paul Menard drove the Menards car? And that he was also the son of the owner of Menards. I didn't know that he was the son of the owner of Menards. Well, I mean... That is not true. Yes, it is. I don't buy that. I don't buy it. What are the odds of the son of the owner of Menards produced a NASCAR driver? No, it's true. He funded it. Like, Paul Menard's not it's a like, good race car driver. I'm going to make my son a NASCAR driver. No, I think it was, Daddy, I want to be a race car driver. <laughs> Hang on. I believe you, Tim. I'm, but I didn't, this blew it. my mind because I was like, well, this is, should be the guy that you're... So you're telling me that the Bushes aren't the son of... The Bush beer guys? Yep. No. Oh, God damn, you're right. I know. Native of Eclair, Wisconsin, Menard is the son of Menard's founder, John Menard. <laughs> what? This is insane. I'm, I wasn't making that up. I'll make, 
No, I don't make that up. <laughs> he's not terrible, though. I, he's getting better, but it's like one of those rich kid, you know, like, I want to be a race car driver. Oh, man, Let's buy must, our way into NASCAR. Okay, Everyone must hate him. I feel like peop- more people hate, like, Joey Logano. For why, though? He's actually a good driver. He's not a good driver. You're fucking kidding me. Look at the fucking point standings. He's in the top ten constantly. I'm going to show you, like, videos when we get off air of Joey Logano raising a fuss and then quickly standing back and letting his pit crew fight his whole battle. Yeah, and, like, but I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not, a like, a tough guy. He's not, like, Racer McGruff. But I'm saying as a race car he's driver. He's like two years younger than, than me. He's he's the worst As a race car driver, he's actually good. I hate that guy. He's not like stand-up tough guy. But he's a good tech. He's, he's got, not a good team. He's, he's not a good team. I'll say that. He's the new Jeff Gordon. Could be, but I didn't I didn't despise Jeff Gordon, though. You know, like everybody else did. I'm like, right, wh- that's why? What I'm yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Let's end it. All right. I'm out of here, guys. Peace Have a nice out. Night. Like I said. Uh, Later. One of my favorite bands, Ghetto Kids, just signed to Polyvinyl Records. <laughs> they got new shit coming out soon. Here's one of their old songs, though. A live version of I'm a Lonely Dottle, a Rebel. Rebel.